Camp, 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 Radio. Camp, Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Cameron Pierce, and I'll be your host. As pastors navigate the continued challenge of a pandemic, encouragement and support is vital to safeguard the emotional and spiritual needs of pastoral staff. We have with us uh, Singh Odom. Singh is the Ministry Engagement Specialist at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Singh, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you, Kevin. It's good to be here, and thank you for ha- for hosting me. Oh, no problem. Well, won't you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself? First of all, the the most important thing is I know the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior. Right. I was converted to faith in Christ uh, the week before I turned 16 years of age mm-hmm. in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, following um, my conversion, uh, the Lord began to do some initial work in my life, uh, spiritual growth, up and down, back and forth. But after I went off to college uh, two years later, began to sense God's call into vocational ministry, changed my major. I was a chemistry math double major and changed it over to who knows what now because I'm going to the ministry and trying to figure out the right direction. Uh, During that time, I began dating the woman who is now my wife. And we've been married 44 years. We have three children and just had our seventh grandchild born about a month ago. And uh, we've been richly, richly blessed. Following seminary, well, while in seminary, I served on church staff. And then following seminary, I became a pastor of a church in Arkansas, four and a half years. Then I taught full-time at a Baptist Bible college in West Kentucky. And then uh, went to First Baptist Church in Martin, Tennessee. Was there 21 years. And uh, following that, I did a period of time working with the SBC Executive Committee in Nashville, and then um, retired from that position, but not from ministry. And so the last year uh, plus, I've been working with Brother Randy Davis to help develop some uh, ministry initiatives that would more fully equip, engage, and encourage pastors and church staff and pastors' wives and, and church staff and their spouses in in ministry, and especially during this COVID season. There, there are some real needs that our pastors are facing, and we're trying to figure out ways to help them navigate that way forward. Now, you came on board a couple of months before COVID, right? Actually, uh, my first day was like uh, the week before we shut down oh, for COVID in well, March of 2019, uh, 2020. I, rather. Well, I remember going to a staff meeting and you were there, yes. but then I didn't see you again Yeah, because <laughs> we didn't meet. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I was at the very first staff meeting in March, and then we shut down on the 16th. I know that's very been very different. Here you came on board. Uh, and with our typical past is that we were directly interacting with pastors. And here you're starting this job on the phone for the most part. And so that's been a big challenge. Just share a little bit about, uh, I, I know we've talked about on, on different podcasts about where the pastors are, where the church has been during COVID. But we're kind of at this coming out, sort of. It will continue to be a long process. We know yeah, that. Yeah. So what is uh, what are pastors facing right now? How are they feeling trying to come out of this? Well, I think there are a lot of uncertainties about what the future holds. We do know that the metrics during the COVID year and following have just sort of been flipped up on their head. Everything is upside down. For many years, we have our, our dominant measurement of effectiveness in ministry leadership has been the number of people gathered. 
those that we're able to see coming in on a Sunday after Sunday basis, that they find themselves being nourished and, and fed by the, the ministries of the local church. They, uh, out of that, are finding their positions of ministry service in the community with through the local church itself. Uh, but during the COVID year, all of those metrics really just got transitioned in a very rapid pace. Uh, we do have other metrics that we're still trying to figure out what do they really mean, and that is the number of Facebook um, watchers that, that they've engaged with and you know, how many of them were actually fully engaged, how many were just sort of passing by for the moment. But really the bigger measurement in my mind is how many people are being served through the local church, and that service has taken on a very different flavor. A lot of the serving has been through telephone calls. It's been you know, people being able to come and, and do worship on a parking lot initially, and then little by little easing back into the worship center. And there's still some who have not yet come back, but they're still members of the church. They're still vital and uh, important people to the Lord, to the church, to the pastor. And so figuring out ways of engaging and serving those segments of the church that are not yet coming back, while at the same time encouraging and fueling for additional ministry, those who are now feeling comfortable coming back, there are just a lot of changes that pastors are facing, a lot of uncertainty. We happen to be in a very polarized time in American history, and uh, and we're facing, you know, crises around the world. Uh, we're facing natural disaster crises. And then we're facing the crises of polarized families and communities around just a wide range of uh, social and political issues, as well as the moral issues that are always before us. And so pastors are feeling pressed in some ways that they've not had to, to really find their way forward in uncertain footing. And, and this is just a challenging time for all of our churches and especially for many of our pastors. You couple that with the fact that so many of the pastors across Tennessee have had COVID, and uh, we've had more than 60 pastors and church staff that have died as a re direct result of complications from COVID. Uh, I'm talking about Tennessee Baptist, uh, not nationwide and not pastors of all types, but Tennessee Baptist pastors. And, uh, and so all of those churches have been significantly impacted because their spiritual leader is suddenly gone. And in many instances, uh, there are those who would point to one reason or another reason as to why he should have taken more precautions or he shouldn't have done that or you know, whatever. And so just that is the new world in which many of our pastors are finding themselves and mm -hmm. figuring out how do we most effectively serve the Lord who called us and the people who have brought us aboard to be their shepherd. So uh, in your position as a uh, uh, ministry engagement, uh, what has been your focus, really, gathering all this knowledge uh, in the past uh, year and a half or almost two years of where the pastors are? How are you uh, able to minister to, to our pastors? Well, I began, as you mentioned a moment ago, I really began doing some um, consulting work, and then Brother Randy Davis asked me to come on board in July last year to, to begin implementing some of the work. But I, right off the bat, I, I set as a goal to interview every director of missions across the state to find out what God is doing in the association with respect to pastor training, pastor networking, pastor mentoring. And uh, there's a lot that's already happening through many of our associations. They find that they have a very effective means by which they are engaging their pastors. And many of our directors of missions, 
uh, were front and center in making sure that their pastors were encouraged and mm-hmm. equipped and you know, scrambling around initially, a lot of pastors never had done a Facebook Live broadcast. Right, yeah. And so, you know, coaching them up, getting that kind of training for them and all that. But as we got deeper into the COVID year, we realized that there are just some significant pressures. So one of the first things that we launched was we worked with several Christian counseling centers that had capacity to take on additional clients. And we worked on a ministry called Shepherd Care, where by which we would provide for any pastor, pastor's wife, dependent child, church staff, spouse, dependent child, that found themselves having a dark night of the soul, that we would provide an opportunity for them to receive at least one free counseling session, and then on a graduated scale to provide additional counseling sessions as needed. And I think that's been a really important lifeline for quite a few pastors and pastors' wives and staff and and spouses, Uh, and uh, several dependent children as well, where there's just pressures from outside. And those who are familiar with pastoral ministry know that really the hardest job in the world may be that of the pastor's wife. And then right next to that is being the child of a pastor or a minister just because of the regular pressures that we have in the academic setting with kids, they, they click off, they develop their friendship networks. And often there's this sense that the preacher's kids are somehow or, uh, or other supposed to be better than everybody else or look different than everyone else. And so kids often are internalizing a lot of pressure themselves. So it's been a great ministry that we were able to launch. And then as we stepped into 2021, uh, we had to cancel in January an annual bivocational pastor and wife banquet that we've been holding for many years. Of course, it all predated me. But as I was looking at 2022 being the next retreat, that was going to be 24 months during one of the most intense 24-month stretches in any of our lifetimes. And so I talked with Brother Randy about the, the advisability of trying to pull together. And it was by faith then, because we didn't know if that resurgence in COVID from Jan- uh, December and January was going to continue. But we went ahead and began planning 13 different bivocational uh, pastor and wife banquets across different parts of the state from Memphis to Johnson City and many points in between north, south, uh, east, middle, west. Uh, here in Tennessee. And and we were able to, in six and a half weeks, host 13 banquets and bring in groups of pastors and their wives and uh, just minister to them, uh, let them know that they're not alone, let them know that that we are supportive of them. We want to provide training for them where they have that need, always letting them know about shepherd care. And uh, then Ministers Wives uh, ministry that Miss Jeannie Davis leads out with, with a closed Facebook group, closed so that it's only for pastors, wives, and, and church spouse, ministers' wives, actually, here in Tennessee. And uh, just helping them, the, the wives, to be aware of that ministry and some other Ministers Wives events that we're going to be hosting next month, or actually in November, uh, during our annual summit. So we really focused heavily on bivocational pastor ministry through the first half of the year. And then we talked about trying to bring together some of the younger pastors in the state for a series of mentoring events with some seasoned leaders. And so during August and September, we've hosted four, we've called them Schools of the Prophets. The question was raised to me, you know, why, what does that mean exactly? And I, well, it really comes out of Second Kings when Elijah 
uh, had the, the sons of the prophets that he was pouring his life into. And then Elisha became one of the sons of the prophets. And uh, he's the one who said, I'm not going to leave Elijah's side until I see him taken away. And we all know the story about that in Second Kings. But the sons of the prophets really is just those that God has called into vocational ministry and trying to equip and engage a lot of our younger guys to let them be aware of training and encouragement and the fact that we value, we being Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, Tennessee Baptist Convention, we value the input of every age group of our pastors, including those that are younger in the ministry. And so we just concluded the last one of those here at Carson Springs earlier today. And uh, it, was a, it was a rich blessing to have. We had two seasoned speakers that spoke into their lives at each one of the schools of the prophets. So those, those have been some of the, of the event-driven things. But sort of behind all of that, Ministry training is a tremendous ongoing need. Uh, For some who have never had Bible college or seminary training, they have limited uh, access to training because of the bivocational pastors, for example. Many of them, they're working 40, 50, even 60 hours a week at at a job that is not their church. Then they're having the responsibilities of pastoral ministry and they have families, and you put all those ingredients together in the crucible, and you mix it all up, and there's just not a lot of, of a margin in their lives. And so one of the things that Brother Randy's asked me to do is to figure out how can we provide training for that group of pastors, but also what about the pastor who has been through seminary but limited pastoral experience, has never done a funeral service for somebody who took his or her own life? Uh, I mean, that's a brand new ministry experience. And so how do we find some seasoned pastors who can speak into learning uh, best practices for ministering to families going through that type of bereavement? So we're looking at just sort of a wide range of, for lack of a better term, continuing education training for pastors of every level. And so I've used the, the, the phrase, we just want to coach pastors up to the next level whatever that next level is for the individual pastor, and then try to provide that through self-paced online training. And so developing the strategy on that, and, and that's uh, that's really going to be my, my big priority now that I've gotten all of these banquets and schools of the prophets in our rearview mirror uh, to begin stepping forward and try to flesh that out more fully. And I know that in our discussion, you talked about how it's not been easy for pastors to come to these because they are being pulled for in so many different directions. Yeah. And so we don't, we want to continue to make that available for yeah. them. They know they need it, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Just, yeah. just trying to get away. Yeah, and we had many pastors who really wanted to come to one of the schools of the prophets or wanted to come to one of the banquets, and yet just the the, the presses of real life continue to unfold. I mean, People continue to have major illness and need to be rushed to the hospital, and they're looking to their, you know, to their pastor uh, to be able to come and minister to them at that time of need. And then we've had a lot of people that just continually are being diagnosed with COVID, and so they're going into and out of quarantine. Uh, they have their, their children who go to school, and they get exposed. Maybe they don't get COVID, but that, now they're going to have to be quarantined for a period of time, and that impacts mom and dad. So there are a lot of other pulls on the time and the schedule 
and the margin that any of our pastors and their wives are able to try to bring to get away for something special like a banquet or a, an overnight retreat. Now, uh, if you're giving counsel to a pastor right now, and of course we, we, we have pastors across our state that are listening, as well as pastors around the world that are listening right now. But if you could give a few tips for pastors of just taking care of themselves, with your emphasis, you're trying to help train them, give them support. And in, if there's something that you could, they could take away from our podcast uh, that they could live, live it out right now, what would that be? Luke 2.52 is a verse that I memorized in Sunday school long before I became a follower of Christ. But it's just a great verse because I think it, if, if you look at the verse, it's got four points. It's almost like the four corners of a, of a well-built house or the four corners of a pyramid. You know, it can sustain tremendous weight uh, because those four corners are so secure. Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God in favor with others. So if you look at those four corners, you're, you're really talking about intellectual development, spiritual and, and, and intellectual you know, wisdom, physical well-being. Jesus was a man's man. Um, we don't know exactly the type of carpentry work he did. I've, I've read that the, the word for carpenter can also refer to a stonemason, and there, there are quarries near Nazareth where Jesus grew up, and it very, may very well be that the carpentry work was not just wood-related only. It might have been wood and stone combination. Well, you don't do that kind of work unless you develop you know, physical strength, and he increased in stature. And in favor with God, that's the spiritual component of our lives. We are spiritual creatures. You know, God is a spirit, and he breathed into man a living soul. So we have a spiritual component that can never be fulfilled and completed until we come to know the one who is spirit, and then the spirit of his son comes into our hearts and cries out, Abba, Father. And so that spiritual component is is hugely important. And then favor with others. That's relational. That's emotional well-being. So if you're going to have a solid foundation upon which to build your life, it's got to be a combination of the intellectual development, the physical development, the um, spiritual development, and the relational development. And all four of those have to be being strengthened on a regular basis. So I believe in, in temple care. You know, one of the things that I try to do is I try to walk uh, extensively. Uh, my, my goal has been for, you know, 100 miles a month at least. Uh, and, and, and I like to walk and talk. I like to, I talk out loud to the Lord in prayer time when I walk. It's a great time to spend quality time with Him. Uh, and so physical well-being is very, very important. Uh, I heard Adrian Rogers preach a sermon many years ago about Elijah, Moses, and Jonah. All three of those men, right after a significant victory, all had the, the, the pits of despair when they said, Lord, just kill me. And Dr. Rogers talked about how when you're unhealthy, it leads to unhappy, and unhappy leads to unholy. And when you're unholy, it leads to unhealthy. And just the, the, the three, basically the three corners of one side of a pyramid would be that triangle, Un- unholiness, unhappiness, un- and unhealthiness. So those four corners build toward these three faces of the well-ordered life, the disciplined life in Christ. And so we want to be making sure that we are fueling the kinds of behaviors that build health, that we are fueling the kind of discipline 
that builds holiness, that we are fueling the, the kinds of activities, margin in our life, doing things with our family, uh, the spending time with the ones that we love to build the happiness factor. And so as we do that, we're strengthening the base and we're building uh, the, the, the face of the pyramid of our lives. And so I think that those are very important to do. And, and every one of us, we just have to sit down and, and make the priorities of how am I going to spend my day in order to maximize my walk with the Lord, the health of my body, my relationship with my family, and then how am I going to be developing intellectually and, and progressing in my knowledge generally, but then in my knowledge of the holiness and the fullness of who God is. So, uh, and of course, you're here uh, with the, the last, uh, actually one night, two days uh, there in our, your retreat. And uh, so I, I, my assumption would be that you would feel it's important that a pastor gets away for a couple of days. I do think that there are times we need to, to retreat to advance and to get away and have some quality time. The two primary objectives of the School of the Prophets, the first was to spend some time with seasoned pastors in a mentoring kind of relationship where they can speak into our lives. And, and I asked all of the presenters to share things that they've learned from the University of Hard Knocks um, as they've progressed through their life, things that they wish they would have learned earlier in life, things that they maybe didn't get in seminary, but in terms of leading, living, learning, laughing, um, you know, leaving a legacy, the, the, those big qualities. And, and so they really have spoken into the lives of these guys and these, these younger pastors. I mean, the number of questions that were being just peppered at our speakers during the open Q&A times uh, were just phenomenal. I mean, just so, so much insight, so much wisdom that these younger guys already have developed in their walk with the Lord. But the second purpose is really the flip side of the coin, and that is that these, these younger pastors would be able to develop new networks of friendship and connectivity prayerfully that it would lead to some accountability groups being formed, uh, that they would leave here knowing we're not alone in ministry. I may be over here in this community, and I don't really know a lot of the other guys that, that are right near me that share my my perspective, my age, you know, great guys, but they're 30 years older than I am. But now I'm, I'm, I'm in a room with, you know, 15 or 20 or 30 other younger guys, and we're sharing a similar passion for the Lord. And out of that, with all the technology we have available today, you know, through text message and Facebook and Instagram and just the various ways that we can Twitter, the various ways that we can connect with one another, that these guys begin to develop a new cadre of, of, um, of fellowship with others that will really equip and empower them for a lifetime. And I draw from my own experience. When I was uh, in Martin 21 years, uh, I'd formed several different accountability groups with pastors. And one of them was with pastors in the association. We meet at six o'clock on a Thursday morning and just have a time of prayer. And you can ask any question. These are the questions. I'm giving you permission, you know, just to really drill in and make sure that, that we're walking the walk and not just talking the talk. And then uh, bringing in some younger guys where I was like the host for these younger guys in the ministry as I, as I continue to get a little bit older. <laughs> Life has a way of doing that. Yeah. That kind of uh, connection really is what we're hoping would come out of the schools of the prophets. Since I had a, the uh, privilege to be able to be here, of course, uh, mm -hmm. and to be able to see that, and 
And uh, many of those guys have, have uh, never met each other, so they've been able to build some good relationships. So that's been very positive. You know, one other thing, too, some of them have never been to one of our conference centers. Yeah. S- several of the ones at each of our four schools of the prophets, it was just like, wow, we didn't know that this kind of a facility existed. Can we bring uh, a staff here for a staff retreat? Absolutely. Can we bring our deacons together for a deacon retreat? Absolutely. Uh, can we bring our young people for a dis- Disciple Now weekend or Disciple Now event? Absolutely. And so it's introducing them to the fact that there are programs of, of ministry that are already being developed with them in mind that they can step into and have confidence that those who are leading those ministry events share their same values. Well, Singh, I really appreciate you coming and just sharing with us a little bit about really about your passion of uh, ministering to pastors. And and so I'm very grateful that uh, you're on staff. You're part of our family at the TBMB. And well, thank uh, you. this is the second uh, uh, weekend that you've had with us. Right. And so it's good to be able to spend some time with you. For those who are listening to our podcast right now, if you're listening to from on iTunes or Spotify, please uh, leave a comment or just follow us. That would help others to uh, list, continue to listen to this great resource. I would love to hear from you. If you have any questions for seeing or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.